Welcome to CII Podcasts. Hello everyone, my name is Jayant Sriram and I'm your host for today. Welcome to another interesting episode of the CII Podcast. Recent developments in the global arena have accentuated the vulnerabilities of supply chains and highlighted the imperative for a smooth and efficient flow of goods and services that is impervious to localized disruptions. Keeping trade open across borders and establishing coordinated mechanisms for risk monitoring and crisis foresight is crucial to preventing future roadblocks and ensuring that the development trajectories of economies don't get affected. As India holds the G20 presidency, what are the priorities that it is focusing on to build resilience to unexpected choke points in supply chains? How is the Business 20 engagement group working under the B20 India process to develop solutions for trade 4.0 and inclusive growth? What is the role of India in world trade? Let's find out today in discussion with Fernando Landa, President Argentina Chamber of Exporters. Mr. Landa has a 40-year industrial experience with the Techint group of companies, having led in many instances its process of internationalization. As co-chair of the B20 India Task Force on Inclusive GBCs for Resilient Global Trade and Investment, Mr. Landa has been actively engaged in the B20 India process and has shared many valuable ideas for strengthening and enhancing global value chains. Thanks for making the time for us today, Mr. Landa, and thank you for joining us on the CII podcast. Thank you very much, Janice. Thank you for the invitation. Chair. Right. So, if I may start with a broad question, COVID nineteen has, you know, reignited an old argument about the supply chain risks associated with international production. Um, how do you think that countries have succeeded in, you know, getting appropriate value chains, which are ensuring better availability of critical resources? Sure. I mean, at this point, COVID nineteen seems a long way ago, since many things have passed uh, over the, these uh, past few years. But COVID-19 implied major and unexpected disruptions for CBGs, and as countries prioritize their need for consistent and secure supply chains, the notions of nearshoring, reshoring, gained strength, and uh, this persisted even after the global economy was back on track. Now, recent geopolitical events have stifled any chance of. Uh, reversal or short-term reversal of this trend. So, strategic ten- tensions between major powers and armed conflicts have exacerbated uncertainties, and now countries are focusing on de-risking. This is the new uh, key word: uh, de-risking their economic uh, relationships. In fact, there is a very interesting recent uh, IMF study that analyzed the impact of geopolitical fragmentations on FDI flows, and it shows that over the last decade, the decade, the the share of FDI FDI flows among geopolitically aligned uh, countries has risen more than those FDI uh, flows between geographically close countries. So critical resources are, of course, the major concern driving this trend, and um, and are drivers for trade shifts. So in this context, building trust and CBG resilience, which is the key word for uh, our working group, 
is par is of paramount uh, importance, and it requires coordinated efforts from both governments and the private sector. The main question here is what can be done. For starters, um, I think logistics has an important uh, role to play because it can function as a, an enable of resilience, of reliability, of efficiency, and therefore it is critical to advance, and this is a message for, for uh, G20 countries as well as, as uh, developing countries, is a, is, a, is a critical to advance investments in multimodal logistics infrastructure, including transport corridors, ports, railways, and handling equipment. All these have the potential to, to increase, to ad advance attractiveness and resilience in value chains. Similarly, Streaming procedures related to imports and exports is crucial to create a business-friendly environment and attracting FDF flows. These are two key elements that should be part of any holistic approach for increasing trade participation for developing countries. To this end, the B20 is looking forward to the publication of the World Bank Business Environment Index, which will allow again to, for countries to benchmark their performance. This is very, very important, particularly for those countries that are lagging behind. Another B20 recommendation is implementing technology-enabled mechanisms for early detection and mitigation of potential trade crises. Having an early uh, understanding of the level of exposure and vulnerabilities can be, uh, of course, invaluable in the developing of informed resistant, uh, resilience strategies. One way of doing this is by monitoring shipping bottlenecks. And in these aspects, uh, and we have seen, of course, the, the crisis derived in COVID-19 precisely from port congestion and logistical disruption. So in this, uh, in this particular point, maritime uh, bodies information uh, availability made by uh, key partners is, is, is crucial. Uh, so, uh, Sharing this information will improve uh, supply chain reliability, reduce exposure to risk, and keep uh, operations running smoothly. We also think that uh, a key consensus priority should be uh, enhancing preparedness. We had an expected crisis, uh, but uh, it could it is foreseeable that eventually we may have another and uh, ensuring the flow of critical goods such as medicines and uh, vaccines with a special uh, emphasis on food security is also uh, a key factor that should be considered. Okay, thank you for that answer. I think it was very broad-ranging. It really highlighted a lot of issues. Um, I'd like to expand the discussion and ask you um, if you could share your views with us on the role of FDI flows in green, sustainable and circular business models and how that plays a role in strengthening um, GVCs. Of course. Well, uh, governments around the world, this is a very, very interesting item uh, that we should take into account. Governments around the world are stepping up their efforts to develop regulatory frameworks for sustainable finance and, and, and investment. Now, uh, it is important to note that uh, currently in, uh, available instruments are mostly skewed towards developed countries, and in particular AU. So we need to consider that developing, developed nations have also an unmatched capacity to provide incentives for green transition that developing economies are lacking. Uh, develop, most developing economies are facing this immense chance with limited resources and in many cases 
have high post-pandemic debt. Uh, so FDI flows and uh, increasing uh, the national investment can provide these resources ex and, and expertise to scale up sustainable and circular business models. Now, the, what we at the B20 advocate is that the G20 should emphasize the need for, first, for an aligned uh, FDI definition. This will provide uh, uh, needed coherence and help compliance, as well as uh, uh, facilitate to incentivize investment across borders. Um, now, the urgent question is, okay, fine, how do we scale up these flows? And here, uh, the role of uh, developing finance institutions and multilateral development banks is crucial. They can facilitate uh, projects by sharing in blended finance structures that use uh, public capital to uh, catalyze uh, private uh, flows. So I think that's, that could be the, the broad answer to your question. But that's very interesting again and you know it's interesting that you mentioned a standardized definition of FDI. Um, I want to ask you, um, do you think um, India's focus on mutual recognition agreements and increased participation in RTAs will help uh, will help the country to strengthen its operational resiliency when it comes to uh, GVCs? Well, uh, let me start by uh, saying that not having mutual recognition agreements and interoperability uh, and instead having divergent rules uh, between countries create additional costs that uh, can be very hard for MSMEs and developing countries to manage. Uh, and these have a, a direct impact on inclusivity. So one important India message here, uh, B20 India message here, is to call upon G20 nations to establish mutual recognition agreements for certifications and standards to increase interoperability. Now, this, this of course, is a trade facilitation uh, point, a trade facilitation agreement point, but I think uh, we have to uh, foster these mutual uh, recognition agreements. B20 India is also calling for the G20 to assist developing nations through best practices and frameworks to facilitate access, specifically for common economies that are lagging behind in trade engagement. Now, bringing developing nations to the global stage uh, through inclusive standards and programs can only occur if mutual recognitions of uh, AGOs and similar certifications exist in a wider forum. Um, coming to India, uh, India in particular has signed 13 RTAs and FTAs to foster a vision of growth through international trade. And, and I think, uh, I, I could not uh, uh, give an opinion on, 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 uh, on the specifics of India, but I think the key takeaway for other uh, developing nations here is to focus on complementarity, on the ability to capture FDI flows and increasing the economic complexity of their matrix of exports, which is something that, for example, in Argentina is a, is a, is a key issue, uh, a key uh, driver that should be considered in, uh, for the near future. So I think there are many uh, takeaways from the Indian experience for us. Okay, and I want to move now to the to the question of ESG standards and, um, and to ask you, can India move toward resilient global value chains by 
focusing on, on on a globally aligned approach to ESG standards and you know recognize the differential development status of different nations uh, in doing so. Uh, well, ESG standards are important from uh, first for I mean investor point of view because of uh, many factors, no, such as risk management uh, on their investments, attractiveness. Uh, long-term sustainability compliance. So uh, it, it is, however, important uh, to keep in mind that there are, uh, as we uh, discovered in, in, our, um, in our evaluation in, in, in B20, that there are roughly 600 different ESG approaches that are being used today, which, is, which each nation having multiple standards and uh, diverse uh, areas of emphasis and new concepts that are ever evolving. Now, this complicates the selection of standards and reporting for larger firms, creates highest levels of uh, effort, increases compliance costs. And this is a barrier of entry. It creates challenges for MSMEs and developing countries seeking to participate in CGs. So an aligned approach uh, having uh, a recognition of differential national treatment status would enable uh, CBGs to account for their environmental, social, and government impact uh, fairly and truly. Um, this aligned approach uh, should also may, should be easier for small companies and developing countries to participate. We see um, that uh, this is very, very difficult for, uh, for MSMEs in particular. Um, with increased interest from investors and climate stakeholders alike, the B20 uh, India is calling for the G20 to, to recommend that all member nations should work towards aligning a common approach uh, and a comprehensive ESG uh, framework. Uh, if we want to generate an, a positive environmental outcome and uh, and, and, and in doing that, uh, it is important also to, to give a true weightage to, to differential economic status of economies. One important B20 message here is to ensure carbon uh, tracking is in place. And uh, when discussing uh, carbon border adjustment measures, they are implemented in such a manner that is, first of all, multilaterally compliant and fair to nations, uh, keeping in mind this principle of common but differentiated responsibilities as mentioned in the Paris Agreement. In most, in some instances, some of these probes have international have uh, um, international bodies of, of sectoral bodies have already discussed how to measure uh, the, the, the carbon footprint. So it is important that we build upon what's already been uh, done and not create new standards. So additionally, B20 recommends that all member nations and businesses follow, uh, of course, critical uh, business practices that promote fairness, transparency, equality, such as uh, you know adopting responsible, uh, gender-neutral, and non-discriminatory practices, uh, respecting human rights, having zero tolerance for corruption. Uh, we've done a, a lot in, uh, in in the B20 over the past years. Uh, in in several uh, compliance and, and, and uh, anti-corruption uh, discussions 
And I think this should also be taken into account. Uh, it is important uh, to push, I mean, and to, uh, to fight corruption is, uh, is one of the major drivers for, for development. So um, I think this, is, this, this would be my, my answer to your, to your question. Thank you for that. And um, you mentioned MSMEs in your, in, your, in your last answer. And, you know, as we round out the discussion today, um, I want to circle back to that. Um, nearly 50% of India's exports come from the small and medium enterprise sector. And um, what measures and policies would you think are to be adopted to promote MSMEs to ensure that they are integrated into regional production networks? Very interesting that you mentioned this. In our case, it is not so. I mean, we we, we don't have that many we, we have a lot of uh, MSMEs uh, participating in the uh, international trade, but they, they don't mean they don't have that weight in total exports. And this is a, this is a major problem. Uh, one big, why? Because one key factor to consider in this in uh, pondering this issue is that MSMEs are the main source of employment, particularly in developing countries. This is true for all, but in particular for developing countries. So providing integration opportunities is the best way to promote inclusion and development. Uh, in fact, our, our motto is that exports provide uh, these, these, these drivers. So uh, when we uh, at the B20, when we at the B20, we make proposals to the G20 leaders on policy actions. Uh, we are not looking only at multilateral. Uh, uh, implementation, let's say. In fact, we are looking for both multilateral actions as, and policies as well as national implemented policies uh, that are meant to be the result of reasoned consensus and result from best practices. So th this is this is an important. In fact, in in in, when, in some in, in some instances we measured uh, how do we implement the recommendations B20s are, are, are suggested. And, and in some cases, national implementation accounts for 60%, 70% of other recommendations. That is why in this respect, B20 is calling for first transformational opportunities for MSMEs and CBG participation through mentoring, uh, strategic partnerships and investments. Uh, for economies lagging in international integration, uh, having competitiveness at the major component of a national uh, policy is, a, is of utmost, utmost importance. I mean, G20s can cooperate with this positive benchmarking uh, as well with technical and financial assistance. Um, a supportive international framework can also facilitate trade uptake in developing countries, such as the GSP, the Generalized System of Preferences and other preferential agreements that help developing countries increase their participation in trade. Uh, regional cooperation, uh, including trade integration and uh, leading to uh, uh, regional trade agreements and pre-trade agreements, can facilitate integration into the global trading system by increasing the size of accessible bodies and also by improving competitiveness and connectivity. This is why B20 advocates for promoting diversification of uh, developing and least developing economies to make full use of this 
deepened uh, regional integration. It, our um, our chamber think tank, uh, we, we, we do measure the, the, the MSME's activities, export activities, and it is clear that uh, their exports are, are mostly regional. So, um, so, so, so this is this is a clear message. G20 nations can also uh, enable environments for multilateral cooperation with the smaller businesses and value chain partners from, from margin, uh, marginalized groups. Um, and and, and the, other, the other thing that we may consider in, in, in your answer, uh, in answering your question, is uh, okay, what are, what are the issues that account for improving MSME's participation other than uh, the, uh, the, the agreements themselves? And this is, uh, for example, digital infrastructure. Digital infrastructure has a key component of, of trade infrastructure nowadays. And in developing nations, uh, this could be a serious entry barrier. So uh, the B20 here uh, urges G20 nations to facilitate uh, infrastructure investments, in, uh, especially in the digital sector, for those, particularly for those more challenged economies. The G20 could also share risk uh, to support trade finance a particularly among export credit agencies, multilateral development banks, and private sector banks, and uh, scale up uh, development bank schemes to countries that need it the most. An inclusive, uh, and, and probably there, there is a link with uh, the prior uh, question, I mean, an inclusive and mutually recognized standard regimes can make it easier for marginalized groups and businesses in LDCs to, to gain access to the export market. Uh, we mentioned the trade facilitation and we may mention the authorized economic operator program, uh, which aims to ease processes uh, for to, to, to get the certification operators through accelerated treatment and, and, and uh, uh, reducing verifications in meetings in, and procedural requirements. This could go a long way to achieving inclusion goals. So it could, it should be viewed as an inclusion goal. Uh, so we do promote mutual recognition as a major uh, mechanism for inclusion. Um, and, and last but not least, uh, digital literacy. I mean, this is another issue that has been discussed at length in, in B20 uh, proceedings uh, in India before India. Uh, this is a set of skills that uh, we are required to, to uh, to process information, to participate in the creation of knowledge and to uh, and computing know-how, which are generally in, uh, improves uh, employability. Uh, now, uh, a global standard for measuring uh, meaningful digital literacy for trade is yet to be aligned. And G20 um, could uh, help in, in establishing uh, this measure of digital literacy that can be implemented uh, globally, I mean, at the national level, uh, especially uh, across low and middle income uh, countries in an affordable manner. So uh, clearing this up goes a long way. And so uh, to ensure uh, also to, to ensure that the reporting on digital literacy and that, that gaps are identified and are used to inform what are the priority areas for policy making. Um, so, Again, uh, the sector, the MSME sector, uh, do need 
to uh, have a special focus uh, when discussing uh, regional trade agreements. Thank you once again. And on that, on that very interesting note, Mr. Landa, thank you so much for joining us on the CII podcast, sharing your views, sharing your advice, um, and the deliberations that are ongoing now as part of this, this year's B20. And uh, thank you for making time for us. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to CII Podcasts.